We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. If you're a regular listener of the show or you follow us on social media, you know I, Brooke, just ran my first marathon and Andrew ran her 22nd state in her goal to run a marathon in every state. How did I go from barely getting out of bed to being able to run 26.2 miles, a customized training plan, and coaching with Andrea? With my health concerns, it was important for me to make sure I crossed that finish line safely and confidently. We are so excited to announce that we are now offering customized training plans. Whether you're wanting to run a 5K, 10K, half, or full marathon, we've got you covered. Get your customized training plan plus coaching to get you race ready and keep you motivated along the way. Prior to receiving your training plan, you will meet with me, Andrea, for a 15 minute call to discuss your goals, race details, and schedule your three coaching calls. You will receive a training plan for your race, tailored to your schedule, endurance, and cross training preferences like yoga, biking, strength, or whatever movement you enjoy. Coaching throughout your training will provide accountability, safety, and inspiration to keep you pursuing your training and race goals. With Andrea, you will connect your mind and body to maximize your race experience. And if you're looking for a custom training plan without coaching, we're offering that as well. Head over to the shop page on our website, goldivyhealthco.com, to learn more and get you across that finish line. In your experience, like I'm curious how you've handled the balance between giving grace for people who aren't in your experience, they don't understand, and looking They're at from that. from Richland Center. <laughs> versus boundaries and standards of your relationships. Like, how has that been throughout your journey? Really hard, particularly with family, mm-hmm. because there's... There's this concept of, I love you, but, you know, or like there's kind of always this exception for, particularly for me, it's with my dad, right? And he has come, I was going to say he's come a long ways. He's come a little ways and he just has very firmly held religious beliefs about, you know, promises he made in like at my baptism and like stuff like that and he's worried about my soul and there's a bunch of like societal things that go into that too but there was a point where I I had to get to a point where I loved myself enough that I felt like I was uh I was just as worthy of his love as he is of mine and me giving him grace in, you know, coming along to the Meg's party. Like we could all have a lot more fun if we could just get over this, (laughs) but I guess we'll, 
well, I'll sit here. I'll sit here and wait a little bit. But then <laughs> as, as soon as it was like, oh, like my, like I was saying before, my piece is just as important as yours. Every single bit as important. And I love you. And we sat down and we had a conversation. This was two years ago now um, where I was like, listen, I came out 10 years ago. And at the time I was in a, a different relationship and I had been in that relationship for two and a, a little over two years. And he had never said her name one single time. He had never asked me anything about her just kind of like happy to talk about you know money and sports and dad stuff and and kind he wasn't like disrespectful but it was like there was just ongoing silence and it was and I had to say listen I love you so much you are a great dad you are a great man and I look up to you so much and you cannot I will not come to a place where I am not loved and appreciated for the whole of who I am. And that means you don't have to be like in love with the fact that I'm queer. You don't, I don't need that, but you do need to acknowledge it. You can't, we can't just act like it's not a thing. We can't, and we can't act like it's a bad thing because mm -hmm. it's not. And so I wouldn't really call it an ultimatum, but the way that I framed the conversation I had with him was, I know you love me and I know that your hesitation and the, the struggle that you're having with this is rooted in love. That's kind of manifesting as fear and ridiculousness, but I didn't say it that way, but I know you love me and I love you. And I think we can love each other better if we actually can have conversations and we can listen to each other. I am happy to listen to what you have to say. And I have so much respect for the way that you stand up for what you believe in. And your faith is super important to you. The way that you interpret it. And I'm your kid. And I know you love me. And I know you were so excited when I popped out of that womb. I'm sure that's not how it went. But <laughs> it I know. It's not like that. But, I, but I, I know that you love me. And so it was bringing the conversation forward actually put it on the table for him to have an opportunity to love me versus what I was doing before was, you know, keeping it compartmentalized so that we just didn't have to deal with it. I wasn't rejecting him. He wasn't like overtly rejecting me. We just kind of like kept it over here. But there comes a point where like, this is coming a bigger part of my mm -hmm. life. And I'm like, actually, this is a really cool part of who I am it all kind of starts to mix together and it's like, well, now we have no choice. You got to embrace it and I need to be able to be me when I'm here or this just isn't a, a relationship that I can be active in right now, which doesn't mean I don't love you, but I love myself enough to not put myself in that situation. Oh, wow. So powerful. Everyone just take a minute and let that sink in. That's it's having a difficult conversation out of a place of love and not blaming or shaming. Yeah, you're a good person, Ooh. man, the way that you frame that. <laughs> I keep thinking, too, about you have an episode with Amanda, your fiancé, where she is coming to Richland Center with you mm. and senses your energy shift. Yeah. So much that she says, like, 
are we safe here? Like, are we like, cause she felt, she felt you. It wasn't the environment. It was how far away you were standing from her, how you were holding your posture, how you were not holding her hand. Like you always like so many things where she felt it. So it was so heavy for her that she was like, Oh my gosh, like, are we unsafe? But it was just because that environment does that to you because of the conditioning of your whole life of being there. And so I felt like that was so powerful and just speaks to how your body does that. Like it's, it remembers. Oh yeah, it does. All of that. And that was, that was a super powerful experience. That was the first time I brought a partner home. And that was a year and a half after I had that initial conversation with my dad. And I was scared because we were going to like a, it was a low stakes family reunion, but still a family reunion, like grandparents and, and things like that. And I think that's such a, that experience is a beautiful example of how like, yes, by myself, I've done a lot of work and I've grown a lot and how powerful it is to have a supportive partner who is who loves you so much that they're willing to be like, Hey, we are, we're going to walk in there and we are going to be ourselves and you are going, you are going to be safe. I'm going to be with you and this is going to be fine. Essentially, we're going to give these people who you love and who love you an opportunity to love all of you. And it went swimmingly. It was lovely. And, and I am super, super grateful for that. But it, it's, that was a, one of the more powerful experiences I've had in a partnership for sure. Just to, That's it's so like cool. next level. It's cool too. Just like hearing her, like she sees you, like she's, and I like too, that she was like, I don't know the way she talked about it. She was like, we're like, we're going to be us. Like, we're not changing here. Like, <laughs> yeah. She was like, this isn't happening. Like, I just got out of the closet and I'm not going back in. Yeah. Like, come on, come on. Let's, yeah. let's be us. Yeah. Which Having so someone that challenges you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Amanda. Shout out. Love you. Oh. Something I keep thinking about is how awesome it is that your work is now part of your self journey and what you love. And that's what Andrew and I are all about. Yes. So let's talk about what this inclusion consulting looks like. Mm. Inclusion consulting is super fun. Basically, what I have done is taken the things I have been doing in my work as a school psychologist for several years, which is providing trainings and um, to be more specific, really interesting, fun, and engaging trainings <laughs> because they always gave me the most boring things to talk about. Um, but toward maybe like my seventh, eighth-ish year, as language <clears throat> has become such a hot topic, right? We're get, we've got pronouns, we've got all these different labels, particularly when you're serving queer students or the queer community in any way or just being a human out in the world. There are like all of these things to know, mm-hmm. like the LGBTQIA2S plus <laughs> glossary is pretty extensive. And, and I think I, I did a couple of trainings like on safe spaces, um, how to be 
create inclusive classrooms with the language you're using, the materials you're presenting, with the discussions you're having, making sure you're talking about like LGBTQ plus pioneers or like uh, leaders mm-hmm. and things like that. A lot of a lot of the things that we've become accustomed to hearing about, like culturally responsive teaching, you know, make sure you've got black and brown folks represented in your curriculum so that mm-hmm. students can see themselves in the things that that you're teaching them. And a lot of the feedback I got when we talked about the LGBTQ plus community when I was working in schools was that was so helpful just from staff members who were like, I just feel so much more able to actually talk to students now and feel like I kind of know what I'm talking about. Because when students had been bringing up like, I think I might be non-binary or trans or I'm queer using any given label. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do when somebody came out to them or if they were having an issue at home. Do we use different names, different pronouns? Can I do that? What are the legalities? There are all these questions that people have who want to serve these students the best they can, who want to support families, who want to know how to support their their student or their child the best they can. And just how powerful just a couple things were. And people love when we're getting into language, a lot of of what I talk about is language because it's one of the most immediately actionable things that you can change to create more inclusive interactions, whether you're just trying to get someone's attention at Target mm-hmm. or you're teaching a classroom of students or you're greeting a table as a server at a restaurant or you are cutting someone's hair. I've had some interesting linguistic experiences in a salon chair. So it, it's really empowering for people to have knowledge about like, how do I use they, them pronouns? Like a lot of people have heard, you know, they, them is a thing, but it doesn't make sense to me like grammatically and to have a space or an opportunity to learn and to be able to practice that and to be able to ask questions because when people don't have space to learn or to practice or to ask questions, they don't say anything or they kind of buck at it or it becomes too big for them Mm -hmm. to understand. And it, it just kind of creates this contentious environment that we're swimming in right now with all this like anti-trans legislation and, and don't say gay X, Y, Z, whatever. So what I do is what I've been doing is starting with language helping people with pronouns. How can you use language that isn't so binary? Instead of boys and girls, can you say students, scholars, elementary teachers love to say friends, which is <laughs> like I think is just so funny. Anytime I've been in an elementary classroom, but it's gender neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can apply to everyone. You can say folks. You can say creatures you can like say like whatever there's a lot of ways to kind of remove the the binary nature Mm -hmm. of the language we're using which inherently in itself isn't harmful but it just now that we know better we can do better and so we can be more inclusive in the way that we're greeting crowds or if you're i mentioned the target like if you're asking someone Mm -hmm at target excuse me (laughs) ma'am yes 
ma'am, sir, you can just say, excuse me. Someone asked me that at, uh, at a training I did when I was working in a school. Uh, like, what, just, like, what am I supposed to say if I'm trying to get someone's attention? And I was like, hey, you, uh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> or you could just like be a, tr- a true Minnesotan and just kind of stand there till they notice you and then <laughs> apologize for being in their space. You have choices. Well, and, and you even like feel like you mess it up if you are, say ma'am or miss, because then some people think it's disrespectful or you're mm-hmm. calling them old. Like mm-hmm. you might as well just say, excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so. A lot of a lot of what I help folks with in, in schools, people are used to kind of the sit and get in like professional development mm-hmm. settings, right? And so there can be kind of like some specific linguistic things I can give them strategies. But really what I'm actually teaching people is that they what I'm there to do is to empower the people who are willing to show up in a space to hear this information, to learn something new, to allow themselves to expand and grow and to be kind of a new iteration of themselves. They're, they're empowering themselves to make more connections and to help more people, which is what most people want to do. People want to do the best they can. And that can be a seven-year-old, that can be a 70-year-old right? Everybody wants to be nice. Everybody wants to be kind. But I think, I, well, everybody might be a, a blanket statement, but I do believe that most people are trying to do the best they can. And so my goal really walking into, whether it's a team of restaurant servers or educators, isn't to be like, here is the vocabulary. Here are the things that you need to like exchange in your language. Although that is helpful. There are some tools, but it's really like getting them to understand that they do have the ability to grow and learn. It's okay not to know everything and it's okay to be curious and to ask questions and to be loving of themselves so they can be more loving, loving and inclusive of others. That's really the point. Um, and then the content is just kind of the vehicle. I love that. I'm curious for people listening, you know, you already gave us some good tips of just say, excuse me, and <laughs> don't say boys and girls. So for people listening who they have never done a training, but mm-hmm. they want to be more inclusive, they want to start making steps in the right direction. Like what are some quick tips you can give right here, right now that people can start to feel like they're making a difference and doing something about it? Yeah. I would say if you just like, I mean, Dr. Google, right? Um, if you Google just like kind of binary language, you, you two talk about this actually quite a bit, right? We have binaries in everything, right? Things that are good and bad. We got good and bad foods, good and bad behaviors, good and bad people, men, women, boys, girls, Mr., Mrs., um, people who do specific, who have different roles in the family or different kinds of jobs or go certain kinds of places. I would say to, if you wanted to start with, I think gendered language is probably some of the easiest 
or the easiest to spot because a lot of the other things are kind of like unconscious biases and so on and so forth. And kind of the most helpful is paying attention to when are you gendering things that don't need to be gendered like sir or ma'am or he or she or kind of assuming based on the way someone looks how they identify or what might be comfortable for them and are they probably used to it might you be right most of the time or they maybe haven't even considered it sure but you can just kind of default to a gender neutral thing like they or like I said friends or kind of taking an inventory of assumptions that you're making particularly Mm -hmm. around um, gendered language and one of the things that I think is super helpful when you're practicing not gendering things is I love getting like a plant like this lovely one (laughs) I see over here or just hang it in there or or a stuffed animal or um, even Alexa you don't have an Alexa do you oh sure do do. be careful be yelling at you (laughs) anyway um i said she (laughs) exactly and what we can do is make them non-binary or um you can kind of like talk about uh the plant oh did they get water today i wonder how they're doing (laughs) like you know like who's paid attention to them lately and uh or Someone wanna, needs to as much. Yeah. Hey, this one has been alive for six years. Okay. Yeah. We're doing that's all right. A, that's a, a lovely plant and they have a beer right now. But to kind of give, not that, uh, not to like necessarily make, you know, an inanimate object gendered at all, which it kind of like is the point. Like gendered language is there are lots of underlying themes to it. But what it does is it, it helps us organize our world, right? It's mm-hmm. how we, we have these like quick clues like, okay, long hair, she. People, I have heard more. Uh, I'm really <laughs> looking like I do now because I got my hair cut after, you know, 34 years of, I mean, I had, Everybody thought I was a boy when I was little, so that's an over an exaggeration. But I got it cut when I was thirty four years old, and is one of the best decisions I've ever made. But I have a far more masculine, kind of overtly masculine presentation now than I I have ever before. And so I actually am a pretty good litmus test for it. I can tell if people are just kind of like fluid, mm-hmm. fluent with like. They, they're not really sure, or I look like someone who could potentially in their mind identify as non-binary. So they're like, oh, should I do like the they thing? <laughs> or they'll kind of really emphasize it, or uh, people will either kind of double take me in the bathroom or or over or like really smile at me. Like, I'm okay that you're here. <laughs> and, um, and things like that, <laughs> which is so weird. What do you do? It's a smile very, weird back. Yeah, kind of. It's it's super uncomfortable. I'm and I'm not just laughing because like, it's an experience because I, be- I can't imagine this experience. That I just Meg's just so animated that I just I feel like everybody needs to go to YouTube and watch her because you're just <laughs> you're just funny. You're fun to watch. <laughs> it's 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 a weird thing, but I feel like I do. People have fewer clues 
about how I might identify now visually. And so I can kind of see how that goes. But the big, a big thing that I say, I say guys all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to, um, I wouldn't say I'm actually trying hard enough to eliminate that one, but I'm a big folks person. I've gotten really good at they, them pronouns, but it took quite a, quite a bit of practice. And, um, I've also gotten, this is actually the piece of advice. This is my advice. Yes, you can take the inventory. There's so many things you could say. Like, how do you even? <laughs> the, the, you can take an inventory, you know, of gendered language you're using, and that can be a very big thing, and that could, you know, go on forever because it's going to keep changing mm-hmm. and, and all that. But I think the one thing that is really helpful and I think makes people a little more willing to engage in conversation or to be willing to make a mistake is to practice the way you receive feedback about it. So say you're having a conversation with someone and you assume you just, she just comes out and you're like, oh yeah, she said whatever. And, th- and someone corrects you and says, oh, actually it's they, them. And some people will make that just a big, huge deal. Like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. And they'll, it'll just be this big, huge, long process, or it'll be like, well, it doesn't even make any grammatical sense. They'll kind of be a dick about it because they're like feeling bad or like they got called out. You say, oh, sorry, they, and then move on with the thing. And so I guess the takeaway there is to be open to feedback, be grateful for feedback, and move the fuck on. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of great advice for a lot of things in life. But I think... You're going to make mistakes. Expect that you're going to make mistakes. And and to realize that if someone is correcting you, particularly on a pronoun or a gendered kind of thing, they are prob- their voice is probably shaking and or they've had to do it so many times that it's just now become second nature. But that's a very, very brave thing for them to do and to make it, to not make it about you. Because mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. yeah. I think it's starting to be aware too, right, of yeah. what you're saying and- correcting those people who like for our workouts i'll say ladies and gentlemen andrew's like we can't say that anymore like not appropriate i'm like okay yep yep like that because then you start to become conscious about it and you can correct yourself and so there's Mm -hmm. the awareness piece and then there's the willingness and not having any you know not feeling bad that you did it but it's learning and you're willing to learn Mm -hmm. i think that's yeah and i i think too you know brooke and i with a social presence get feedback all of the time, (laughs) unsolicited. And something that we're really working on is being grateful for it. Mm -hmm. People are listening. People are tuning in and it's tough to hear, right? Like nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to mess up. But when you're talking with someone that cares enough to correct you, like that's connection. And so that's kind of how we're looking at our feedback that has nothing to do with gender, but also we've gotten feedback that way. We did, someone corrected us for saying guys, Mm -hmm. we say it a lot Mm -hmm. and it's something we're working on. And a lot of our, I mean, you would ask us what our target audience is and we'd say women, right? Mm -hmm. And that, so that's tough. So we say women, hey girlies, like things like that, that we can change. Yeah. And I think too, it's finding who you feel comfortable having the conversation with, which I'm so glad that you exist because you 
are a professional that does this for a living. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so happy that we're giving people access to you. Someone that is not only trained in this, that delivers this to professionals, but is just warm and funny and easy to ask a question to. And you grew up in a really tough environment. So you've dealt with (laughs) all of them. You've dealt with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I want everybody to, if you don't already feel this way, know that Meg's Pulvermacher is the person to go to for your dumbass questions mm-hmm. or your questions that make you squirm that you feel dumb asking. Like she has stood up in front of people that have basically told her she's going to hell and has also been around people that celebrate the shit out of her. She has dealt with everybody and wants you to ask the questions or, you know, direct you to resources or come to your workplace and train your people. And so I'm just so grateful you're here. And I want you to tell the people where they can find you. Heck, heck, yeah. I hang out the most on Instagram. And you can find me at Meg's Pulvermacher. P-U-L-V-E-R-M-A-C-H-E-R. It's probably in the show notes. Thank you for spelling else. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think like there should be a dance to like. There should. Kindergarten was a long year for me. <laughs> <laughs> I sat next to Rory Fry and he can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Always done first. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yes, Instagram is probably the biggest and best. You can also uh, check out my website. Meg's the brand.com. If you need a speaker, if you need your team trained, if you want to do some one-on-one to talk about what you got going on, who you want to support. Um, I've done some parent workshops that have been really badass and awesome and just a great space to be able to ask questions, which I think is, is super important because you can't ask just any old queer person out there to speak for the entire community. But when the people are raising their hand, take advantage of it, baby, because we'll have a, a great conversation. No judgment zone, um, but cooler than Planet Fitness. And I'm here for you. We're going to have a good time, too, because I don't do anything that isn't fun. I know. I was just going to say, too, that if, you know, you're like, I don't need to hire her, but... Literally just follow her on Instagram for good energy because mm-hmm. every morning there's coffee poured, there's a dance, there's some hilarious reel or TikTok that is linked that just brightens your day. And you're also just always evolving and who knows what you're going to be providing the world next month. So yeah. I just love it. So a good place to stay tuned with what you're doing. Yeah, It's probably about to get way cooler. So definitely tune in. <laughs> Gosh, how do you get cooler? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) All right. I know this is the moment you've been waiting for. Yes, I have. Leaving our listeners (laughs) with your three gold stars. So let's give it to them. Okay. A few assignments I have for you, folks. See that one? Okay. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Because we don't know. We're not here to assume. The first one that I have, and this is actually inspired by you too. And it's just something that I love to do. It helps me connect with myself and who I am, the core of who I am. Preach. It is play. Okay. I want you to go out there. I want you to do something fun. 
that makes you feel the most you that you can possibly feel. For me, that's deadlifts, that's <laughs> basketball, that's going somewhere where I feel like I'm like training for something I'm actually never going to compete in anymore. <laughs> but I used to feel that way. It's so much fun. I love playing games. I could honestly play uh, code names for like, I think my record so far is like six hours. But it's, <laughs> it's playing and connecting with something that makes uh, you feel like you. And it doesn't have to be necessarily that active. It can be a crossword. It can be, you can read, do whatever you want. Um, and then we kind of talked about this already, but like kind of in, take an inventory of some of the language that you have or assumptions that you make and see if you can just kind of catch them. You don't necessarily have to fix them in the moment, but kind of take a mental note and see, is there one that you can replace? Can you start saying things like folks? It made me feel uh, super weird when I started saying that. And now it just like rolls right off the tongue. It's lovely. It's fun. And it gets people's attention. Um, and then my third, my third star is to try something new on. Could be clothes. Could be a new route. Could be a new thing that you're going to eat. It could be, I had another good example. What was it? Oh, a new phrase. I love using different phrases. Oh, like what? Uh, well, I just talked about folks, but I used to say lit all the time. Like, oh my God, that is so lit. <laughs> um, I had a great phrase before we started um, started recording. Like, you know, I'm just like kind of aging and chaotic. And um, <laughs> just like new things, like trying on kind of new things where you're sort of embracing this idea of fluidity and doing something that you don't necessarily have to stick with, but you get to explore the possibilities of who you could be or something you might like to say or something that might feel good that you just never considered before. And if you hate it, don't ever do it again, <laughs> but try it. It'll be fun. I Trust love me. that. Oh, I love that you said it because right now I'm reading The Source by Dr. Tara Swart and mm -hmm. She talks about one of the best things you can do for neuroplasticity is novelty things, mm. doing something that's new and the way that it changes your brain. So do it because being uncomfortable actually helps your brain. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I, I, now I'm like, oh, what do I want to start saying? And my kids are going to be like, what? Please don't say lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You say lit. I do. I had a, one of my friends in co from college, she always had a new word. That yeah. she'd say. And it would be like seasons. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny. Said. Yeah. Yeah. She's yep. funny. Yeah. Brooke teaches me new things. So I'll have to come up with my own. And she's going to be like, oh, Megs, this is from I teach her. I teach her acronyms or, yeah, acronyms. Yeah. Like she didn't know what Illy was. Oh, I love you too. Yeah. I mean, SMH that was a while took ago. me a minute. But. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire questions. Unleashing Ivy. Are you ready? Are you yes. nervous? Do you ever get nervous? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, well, you're kind of like rubbing your legs, like, holy shit. <laughs> All right. What are you most excited about right now in this season of life? Ooh, I'm excited about becoming a better storyteller. Ooh. I just invested in a speaking coach, and I am super excited to expand my vocabulary and get really good at bringing the audience along with me when I'm speaking because I can be a little chaotic. 
Oh, it's going to be so amazing. I know. I cannot wait to see you on the big stage. We're going to be your hype team. This isn't my question, but how did you like, because I feel like you're such a good storyteller. Like, how did you feel like this needed to happen? I did a talk uh, at Norfolk, Nebraska Pride in September, and I walked off the stage, and the talk was fine, but that was the thing, is, like, I'm not really okay with being just fine at stuff. Like, some things. I'm okay with being fine at pickleball. I'm okay with being fine at, like, doing my hair. I can do good enough. But (laughs) when I'm trying to, like, create transformation, I'm like, I hit what I learned my speaking coach calls the charismatic curve Mm. where I kind of, I just hit my ceiling of like, I'm interesting. I'm fun. I can put a cool twist on something to really being truly transformational and connecting ideas and bringing an audience along in a way where they're like, Whoa, I don't necessarily like, remember every single thing she said but i'm never gonna forget how i feel right now mm-hmm. and i have something that i can go do with it oh so good yeah. breaking through ceilings so that's what we're yes. talking about right now it's like every season is breaking through a new ceiling that we've put on ourselves. that's it yep because we are capable of so much more than we think got limits on everything and we need to bust them off get out okay, of here so my question because all i keep thinking like just it being so long since i've seen you and listening to your podcast and following you and I love your hair and how you're flipping it right now um, is I just keep thinking of like, I'm not your parent. I'm not like your family, but like, I'm just so proud of you. Like everything you say, every conversation you're talking about, every time that you've stood in front of a, like it just takes so much courage to do everything that you're doing like mm-hmm. all the time. I just, like, can't even imagine being who you are. It's unbelievable. But I'm curious for you, like, what are you most proud of from day one of your life to this day? Like, what are, like, what comes to mind when you think about, like, man, I'm really proud of myself for that? Oh, I am proud of, of making myself as important and really matching, like, the inside now feels like it matches what I think has externally always been there, right? Because I started out as cool little kid and I like, I believed it from the inside out. And then I kind of had this, that hibernation period of like, ooh, well, we have a little glitch in the system, <laughs> gay little glitch. <laughs> and now we're going to like, you know, troubleshoot error, 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 until I was like, you know what? I know that I'm on the planet to do something really great, to create impact, to create change, to change minds and hearts and move feet and and hands. I don't know. Some people say hands. Some people say feet. Let's do all four. Be inclusive here. Yeah. (laughs) Something for everybody. (laughs) Ears, you're cool too. <laughs> um, to to do all of those things, I really needed to invest in myself and invest the time, the money, and just kind of the emotional labor that goes into coming back to the place that I was when I, you know, from day one when. <laughs> 
I was like a cool kid who was perfectly worthy and awesome the whole entire time and doing the work to get back to that space and believe that and live that and continue to grow and evolve within it is I'm so proud of it. I'm so grateful for it. And I, man, I'm excited to see what I do. Us too. (laughs) And you know, something I want to note is it wasn't easy work. Oh, right. Like hearing about where you're at now and coming back home to you was a journey but you're saving people and you're bringing people along for the ride with you. And the transformation that you've made on yourself is now helping others transform. And so I just want to encourage people that are listening, come back home to you because that's where your power is. You are your power. And there is so much beauty in that power and it's so worth it. Like investing in you is the best investment. You're we've heard a thousand times and you'll hear it more, like (laughs) whatever it takes to get you feeling like you that is what you need to do. And you have support and you have people around you. Like you have so many resources. I think we have more resources now than we've ever had. And so tap into that resources, connect with Megs, listen to these podcasts, take note of what kind of sparks you and what you feel you want to move closer to. That's your calling. That's a a double dab. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Man, I know. I don't even want to jump in. That was beautiful. Both of you are just so beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Last question. Yes. What is one thing you wish you would have known sooner? You knew it was coming. Yeah. That being me was the key to everything. And I was perfectly perfect the whole entire time, but also grateful for the journey. Let me ask you this. For someone who's like, I'm, I feel stuck. I just don't know who I am. What would you say to them? Get a coach. Invest in a coach. It is, and like you said, you're going to hear it again, and I will say it again. Investing in a third party, because if you don't believe in you, if you don't love you, then, man, you need someone on your personal board of directors who does love you, who does believe in you in that moment, because you will get there, but you need, you know, if you're in that space of like, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it. Find somebody who does or pay somebody (laughs) who does. And, and they will, they will bring you along. And if you do the work, you're going to get there. And, um, it won't be easy. It will take a long time. And, it might never be completely crystal clear, but I don't know. For me, it's coming in one pixel at a time, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, start now. Yeah. You have one life to live. Let's stop wasting time. Go get it, baby. Yeah. Man, I don't want to I don't wanna wrap this up. I just, <laughs> I feel like your fiance is so lucky just to get this energy all the time. Like, we're going to have to find a reason to have you on every week. We're going to have a new segment every week. <laughs> Megs is coming in for literally anything. We don't care if we just want her to talk. <laughs> Hello. Here for you. Here to answer questions. Oh, that could be good. Or Ooh. not. We'll but, think of something. Yeah. Answer questions with questions. But I'm That's just glad that is. you're actually physically here too, because oh. it's so great to be in your presence and just hear anything you have to say about your journey, what you're teaching people, your experiences, being you, you make it look and sound so easy. 
And it's not, right? Like you just said, it's a long process and you are struggling with things that you're talking about with professionals and coaches. And I'm so happy that you've invested back in yourself and that you found who you found along the way and that you're pulling in people on your podcast that have these stories and it's just unbelievable what you're creating. And so we're just so grateful that you're a part of our platform, that we can elevate your voice and share you with our listeners. So thank you so much for being here and just gracing us for their presence. Absolutely. It was so much fun. We're chasing gold. We're chasing gold. And now it's your time to leave our listeners with some gold. What do you have for us? Is this the quote? Sure Mm -hmm. is. Well, I have it right here. (laughs) And actually, in the spirit of evolution... (laughs) my favorite quote for the longest time i i saw this quote it's from don mattingly do you know who that is no i I think very few people do based on my google search (laughs) he's actually a very (laughs) underachieving for his level of talent new york yankee from maybe in the 70s 80s something like that and when i was a college softball player (laughs) da-dunch Uh, one of the things that we got at the first meeting we ever had my freshman year was this sheet that had a thing about how to be a good teammate on it. And I really, really latched onto this quote from Don Mattingly. It was in the larger context of like, you know, I stopped being lazy. I started being a leader, whatever. But there was this piece that really stuck with me that was when I gave up me, I became more within the context of I stopped being a dick, I stopped messing around, and then I became a better teammate. And I would like to make a correction to it because what I have learned is that, or how I I would change it, Don, you (laughs) underachieving baseball player, I would say (laughs) when I embraced me, I became who I was meant to be all along. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold.